Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back on the Ohioan podcast. I'm very excited. As you know, on the podcast, I'm the cornhole guy. And we invited Drew Brown on at the beginning of COVID. And Drew talked to us for two hours about um, cornhole and everything going on there. And I talked a lot about Trey Ryder because I was starting to watch um, ESPN's coverage of cornhole. And I brought Trey's name a ton. And Drew's probably like, you should have Trey on to talk about it. So we took care of that. We got Trey Ryder on here today. Um, he's with the ACL, and he's the guy here on ESPN uh, analyzing a lot of the tournaments coming up. So, Trey, thanks for coming on. How, how's it going tonight? Oh, thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, just just keep trucking along. A little, little tired, a little rundown from our big event this past weekend, but starting to get recovered and uh, excited for what, what we got planned for this season. Yeah, you had your big college tournament on, and we were just talking about this beforehand. It was a struggle for me because I'm still wanting to watch Cornhole. Uh, we have Week 17 of the NFL on, but I was encouraged because on my Twitter timeline, I follow a variety of people. I saw a lot of, wow, Cornhole's on. This is really cool. So I was encouraged. Were you encouraged by the feedback you received You know, from it, even though it was a tough time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, anytime you're 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 uh, trying to broadcast during the fall uh, or in the winter, you know, you're always competing against the NFL and and, and those big sports. But yeah, we were really pleased with it. Um, you know, we've gotten um, we were able to put on our biggest national college cornhole championship yet. It's our third year doing it. Um, you know, a lot of great buzz going around the events and coming out of the event and. Um, and this year, which was kind of unique and interesting, is we had two Power Five schools actually win in uh, singles and doubles. So in singles, we had Draven Sneed out of NC State University. And then in doubles, we had Blaine Rozier and Travis Moore out of Auburn uh, get, get the win and get the championship. So usually, you know, um, the first couple of years of the National College Cornhole Championship, it's been a lot of the smaller schools that have been almost players that are used to playing cornhole. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're starting to really get that development and starting to get established leagues and even clubs um, across the country at different universities. So we're getting a lot of um, players up and coming through the collegiate ranks, if you will. So it was cool to see that development at some of these Power 5 schools. Now, how does that work with you guys? Because I noticed from your uh, coverage over the summer, you've got 16-year-olds, 15-year-olds playing in pro tournaments. So if they play in the pros, can they not play in college? How does that work in Cornhole? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so it's 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 similar. You know, we're not an NCAA-sanctioned sport yet, um, okay. but so we can set our own eligibility rules. Um, but it's it's kind of similar to the idea of any other professional sport. If you go professional in a league, 
Um, if you decide that even if you're not at the very, you know, at the very top professional level, if you want to earn money at ACL events at the national level or the open level, the conference level, then you actually forfeit your, your college eligibility. So you kind of have to make a decision. And, and so a lot of these, um, players that, that may not be at the very top of that ACL pro level, we're seeing a lot of them decide to hold on to that eligibility so that they can go to college and compete. Rather than giving it up just to win, you know, a hundred dollars here or there, they're really looking to get that scholarship money. And and for a lot of them, it's the exposure and the the opportunity to compete on ESPN. Fantastic. Um, COVID's horrible. I don't even want to joke around saying that there's a positive side of COVID. I mean, it's terrible. Hopefully, we can find a solution soon to the horrors of of COVID. No, of sorry, of COVID. I'm getting my COVID and cornhole mixed up here. Yeah. yeah. So I want you know make tease COVID or anything. COVID's bad, but it was interesting for me, and I'm sure a lot of other people. It seemed like the fact that you guys were able to come back a little sooner than some of the other sports, it kind of caught a little bit more attention. What was that like for you guys? Again, I, I'm sure you weren't celebrating it because it's, it was a bad time in our history, but. How how what how did you guys kind of get through that process? Because it it was really unique, especially when the, this pandemic started. Yeah, I mean, for us, it was kind of like a do or die type situation. So you know, we had a huge event planned for March thirteenth through the fifteenth, and that and and if you remember the dates exactly, that's the week that it, like the COVID bomb dropped, and everybody yeah. and everything started getting canceled left and right, and so. We had to cancel that event last minute. And for us being such a small league and not being not being like the NFL size, you know what I'm saying? Like the NFL could have – if they canceled the NFL season, they could have survived it. It would just wouldn't have been great for – you know, they right. would have to make some layoffs or something like that. They would have – but they would have survived. For us, yeah. you know, with the, we, we, I don't think we could have made it if we, if we just said we got to cancel our whole season. So right. – immediately we kind of put on, you know, had to put on the hat, a, a brainstorming hat. And what can we do? How can we, how can we pivot from this and how can we emerge and, and continue to grow? So um, for us, we had to sit down and kind of get creative. And that's when we kind of got this idea and pitched it to ESPN. It's like, Hey, look, if we can put together a safe plan, um, and, and one that 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 is uh, that has a protocol in place to keep our athletes safe, to keep out any, um, to keep out visitors and, and spectators, and and while there are no other sports going on, give us some good windows and give us some good opportunities to uh, to showcase our sport on ESPN. And so, ESPN was a great partner, and they they essentially gave us. Um, over the summer, seven straight weekends of four hours on ESPN, which was incredible. And being on the main flagship network um, yeah. obviously got us, you know, a better time slot than we could possibly ask for. And so for us, it was it was incredible. It was an incredible summer for us. And that kind of led us to be able to establish our new relationship with CBS and we recently signed a deal with them to to showcase a similar style of touring that we'll do ne- uh, next or this coming summer in 2021. Oh, okay. And so they, um, you know, combining those two things, you know, combining that CBS with that ESPN network deal, we're really shaped up to to have cornhole on TV a lot in 2021. Great. So we're excited for it, and we're just we're ready to see how how this year is going to be in comparison to last year because. 
given everything with COVID, we think uh, 2020 was actually a, a pretty pretty good year for us. Fantastic. Is that going to be like regular CBS or CBS Sports Network? I mean, did you decide that yet? Yeah, so it'll be a combination of, of both. So oh, the, majority, okay. the majority of our hours will be on CBS Sports Network, but we have um, more contractually obligated uh, about 25% or so of the hours will be on CBS Network. Well, and that's a really big boom for you. And we were talking about this back when we first started talking about the cornhole. That's got to be what's great for ESPN, too, because ESPN was looking for some type of competition. And without sports, you know, they were just running 20-year-old football games. So, I mean, they, they must have loved that, too. It was great for you guys and great for them, too. Yeah, it was a win-win. It was a win-win situation, and that's and that's why it was really successful for everybody. It was um, they got they got to put something live on TV, which they ha- hadn't been able to do for a number of months, and then we we were able to um, obviously continue to grow our sport. Do you guys feel comfortable about kind of maintaining that niche? Because you know we went from not having sports for a while until it seemed like every sport that's ever been known to man from a pro side came back about the same time. Uh, are you guys feel comfortable you can maintain that niche now that we're kind of back to a normal i guess we're having sports on tv yeah absolutely i mean i i think so i mean we we have a lot of momentum moving forward and and more and more people are treating us like a legitimate sport which we love to hear and and less like a niche sport i mean right you know it's you know it's funny you know we have conversations with people from like disc the disc golf league and they're they've been around for 30 years and they're calling us about you know, they want to learn from us and what we've done to make the explosion that we have. So, Good. you know, Good. I say this, I say this all the time and, you know, we are an aggressive company when it comes to thinking about setting goals and that's just always how we've been. And so for us, um, when we think about our competition, you know, to us, my competition isn't, you know, isn't rock skipping or it isn't, competitive eating our, our 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 competitors are 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 nascar and the pba and mls and in sports that we think we can uh, you know if we continue to grind we continue to build we continue to foster the relationships that we have and work hard as a media team to get that exposure that we think we can compete on that level um over the next few years and, and try to get and try to compete with those audiences Excellent. Um, it was funny. We stumbled across some Drew on Twitter. Uh, I know Drew lives in the Atlanta area, and but he's from Ohio. And the more I read about it, there's a lot of Ohioans that are on – obviously a lot of people are pro players, but there are people you see on TV a lot. Like I look at uh, Trey Birchfield. Uh, he's from Carrollton, which is in the northeast Ohio area. Um, Adam Heisner. And there's a bunch of other people from Ohio – is there a reason for that, or just is it a popular sport in Ohio? I mean, why why is there so many Ohio pros? That's a great thing. Yeah, we have a lot of Ohio pros. So you mentioned some of our best right there, um, and, and they're, they're they're as good as they get, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of a few different factors. I'd probably say one cornhole. When you think cornhole was really kind of founded, there, there's debate: was it founded in the southeast or the Midwest? And so. People have kind of settled on the Ohio and Kentucky borderline area as kind of the originating place where cornhole was first kind of introduced. And so anytime you're the first to do it, you have kind of have an edge, you have a leg up on everybody. And then you combine that with we have some great directors um, that are within the state. So, for example, we have one of our national directors is based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, wow. Um, 
uh, Dave Weiser's, you know, he's on the national staff because he's one of the best in the country and he runs, he runs fantastic tournaments. He's able to incorporate uh, many, many different players into unique formats. And, and he works really hard to put on events for all of his players. So um, I think anytime you have a combination of a lot of players that are naturally uh, apt to want to play the game in an area that can, can, that can do that. And you combine it with um, some great directors that, that offer good opportunities to players, you're, you're setting yourself up to develop and foster uh, uh, some ACL pros. Yeah, and uh, Trey Birchfield, he's a high schooler in Carrollton, too. It's kind of cool seeing a high schooler do that well. Um, I think about Adam. Adam's kind of one of the more colorful people on the tour. He always carries a drink around with him, and everyone's wondering what he has in that thermos. But he, he plays with a drink in his hand. It's a great sport when you can play with something in your hand to drink. And then Cody Henderson, I guess they call him the bad boy of Cornhole because uh, he often talks smack. And uh, they, they're a double so yeah, kind of the, I hate to say controversial because I wouldn't call them controversial, but maybe we should say the most colorful uh, players are from Ohio too. Oh, you de- you're definitely going to get some uh, color when it comes to Cody Henderson and Adam Hissner. They're, uh, they are the type of players that you talk to them off the boards and they're nice, nice as can be, but when you get them on the boards, they just turn into competitors Oh, and they're okay. gonna take they're gonna take every advantage that they can. And that one thing that they do really well is they know if they can identify that the player that they're playing against is going to lose the mind game battle, they will play the mind game battle. I can promise yeah. you that. And so, um, yeah, Cody and Adam are certainly like that. Trey is kind of on the opposite end, though. Um, right. I'm still looking for the microchip in Trey Birchfield's body because that dude is a robot. Um, yeah, he is just stoic, calm, cool, and collected. And he is he is a top five player in the world right now. Um, and on any given day, he can be that number one guy. So um, he's also on the USA Cornhole National Team. He is a pro doubles world champion alongside Derek King. So even though he's just 17, he is developing a long list uh, of, of accolades on that resume. And what's it like to be a cornhole player like that in high school? I mean, that's got to be crazy. I mean, you think about, you know, LeBron James here in Ohio. He went to the pros after high school and everything. I know your NBA is a little bit different than cornhole, but still, it's got to be kind of cool running around high school knowing you're one of the best cornhole players in the world. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and one thing that's really cool to see with a lot of our younger players is this cornhole is becoming their travel sport. So yeah. You know, if you, I don't know if you played when you played sports when you were younger. I played sports. I played baseball and I played football and I traveled for baseball. And for me, it was, you know, when I was a in, when I was in like sixth grade up until 10th grade, I just felt like every other weekend during baseball season, my dad was like, all right, we're traveling to this tournament. We're going to play here. And so, you know, we would go do that and it became a family affair, you know. Parents are always saying, oh, I got, you know, oh, I got Johnny's, you know, baseball tournament this weekend. We're going to be gone all weekend. That's what it's becoming for yeah. a lot of these kids growing up in Cornhole. It's not that they're traveling to a baseball tournament. It's, oh, we got, you know, Ian's, Ian's you know, Cornhole tournament this weekend. We're going to go, yeah. go watch, you know, go have them play. And so that's what a lot of these players are now doing. It's becoming their sport. And so for someone like Trey Birchfield, 
you know, instead of going to baseball practice on a Tuesday night, he's going to the bar down the street because they got a they got a weekly blind draw, and he needs to make sure he's getting his practice in before the big tournaments uh, within the ACL. So, you know, we get a lot of our pros that are younger that are becoming these little mini celebrities within their area, but they're they're really treating it uh, like their sport that they're training in, with hopes of one day becoming a professional at it. Do a lot of people learn off you? I mean, it's been fun listening to you when I first started watching the summer coverage because, in a way, it wasn't just, hey, it's enjoyable listening to you, but you get to learn. You do a good job of doing the broadcast of, obviously, you're covering pros that are playing better than the typical Joe player, but I, I feel like I kind of learned some stuff off you. Is that what you try to bring to your broadcast? Oh, I, that's great. I love to hear that. Um, that's That's certainly what I'm trying to do, right? And so – um, it's definitely evolved over the, over the few years. You know, I started doing this in 2017 and for then, you know, back then it was real basic, right? Cause yeah. your audience is essentially completely ignorant to the right. rules, the game and everything. And so you, back then it was really a focus on, I remember when we first started, uh, we had to spend so much time telling people what, you know, this person is, you know, throwing these bags. They're on this team. Like we had to identify players so oh, often. Okay. And so, and now we still do a little bit of that, but we get a little bit more liberty into, um, you know, diving a little bit deeper into the analytics of the game because the audience is a little bit more experienced now. Not much, but they're, right. they're still, they're learning as they go, just kind of like a lot of, a lot of new people are. And so, for us, yeah, for, for me on, on camera, I like to spend some time really um, diving in. And, and my favorite situations are, are the timeouts when, yeah. you know, when, when players are, are bring their partner over to start talking about what they should do. And because we've been around the game for so long, I, I love to just relay to the people at home that may not be familiar what exactly they're discussing because all the pros, they know exactly what they're talking about. They're sitting Correct. there. They'll be sitting there if they've already lost and they're watching a the game, you know, in the stands. They're talking to the person next to them. Oh, I'd do this. If, oh, they're talking about this. They're doing this. Just because it's second nature once you've been around the game that long. So uh, all I really try to do is relay those conversations to the viewer. Well, yeah, I think it's it was fun, too, because with COVID, there really wasn't fans at some of I know you guys get some rowdy fans sometimes. And I, I liked on the broadcast, you could hear what they were saying, and yeah. they could hear what you were saying. I think sometimes yeah. there's a little bit of razzing back and forth about that, which may have fun, too. So, yeah, it, good. it was definitely different. I was not used to that. And uh, it, it although we were able to have some friends and family in the stands for the National College Cornell Championship. So it was nice to have somewhat of a crowd back for our champion, for our college men. Yeah, no, that's good. And yeah, I wasn't used to that because I was used to nobody being there. Right. And I, I saw that some of the excitement and the kind of going back and forth, which was fun. So yeah, it was great. Uh, we had Drew Brown on uh, a couple months ago and he was teaching us how to play cornhole. Uh, we were kidding with him. We didn't think we were pro cornhole players, but do you get a lot of people coming up to you and say, oh, that looks easy. You know, the guy had four air mails in a row. I can do that. I, do you get a lot of that where – you know, is that like a, a a good thing or a bad thing when you broadcast? Because I'm sure somebody's watching going, hey, I could do that. I could be everybody. Yeah, all the time. And personally, I love it. 
You know, okay. for me, for me, I think it's great. I love people's enthusiasm towards it. I want more people playing as much as possible. The last thing I'm going to do if someone comes up to me and says, "No, you can't. No, you're not good enough." That kind of thing. I right. want people. I want people to tell me that they're you know the the best in the world. You know, I, I and my first my first thing is good. Let's sign you up. Let's get okay. playing. You know, and and for me, you know, the good thing about cornhole is. Um, I think cornhole is a pretty easy game to be decent at. Yeah. It just becomes a difficult game, a very difficult game to be elite. And so, um, I love getting people like that into it. I say, let's get you signed up and and they'll learn on their own. You know, very rarely do we actually have someone come in that can compete with the top pros just off the streets. Um, but you know, we like to get them, get them in a tournament, get them plugged into their local league. And once they're plugged in, you know, from there, we just try to continue to, um, you know, give them the practice and say, I say, hey, one day I'll be commentating your games. Yeah, very good. And what's the best place for people to get plugged in? I know right now there's some limitations, like Ohio has some curfews and everything. So I'm not sure how many things are available now, but let's hope these vaccines come. Uh, COVID maybe ends by the end of the year. Do, can people go to ACL? Like, what is something like me? I live here in Columbus, Ohio. What's the best way for me to get plugged in? Yeah, best thing, you can go to um, iplaycornhole.com or americancornholeleague.com, either one. Um, and, you know, th- there's there's kind of two – well, right on the main page, we put, like, a getting started guide. So you oh, can, like, good. click on that and kind of follow it. But essentially what it boils down to is there's resources on our website for both events and directors. So okay. um, if you're looking – you know, one quick thing is – if you click on the events tab, you know, in a non-COVID world, there's going to be events everywhere. And so right. you can search for an event within a certain radius of where you live um, or a, for there a certain um, distance from a certain location. And so if you find one, you can click on it right there. If the director is offering pre-registration, you can actually create a profile and register for that event right there. Um, or you can... Um, get information on it, contact the director and and find out how to get signed up. Um, or if there's no events in your area, sometimes the directors don't put the events um, on right. the website too far in advance. Um, and you can actually go to our director's list and contact your nearest director um, uh, directly. And so when you do that, it, that may be the quickest way to find out, hey, you know, we, we have regionals every first Sunday of the month. Um, and so here's where they're located. But if you're interested, we also run a weekly blind draw on Wednesday nights and we do it at this bar and grill. Here's, here's the location. And so cool. those contacting those directors, um, via email is, is, is a great way to get plugged in because they're going to be the best resource for what's happening within the immediate, immediate area. Okay, good. So that's a way of getting your feet wet. You know, you're not necessarily exactly. spending a lot of money for a pro event. Fantastic. And Drew wanted me to give you a hard time. You're a big Clemson fan. Uh, we're in Ohio. I'm actually in Columbus. So everyone's all buzzing about the big game. Yeah. What do you think? I was kind of surprised. I was surprised it happened. What did you think about the game? I'm still in mourning. Um, I was hoping he wouldn't bring it up, but yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, you see the tiger and the tiger in the background oh, yeah. right there. Right. So yeah, yeah it's uh, uh, yeah, it was it was tough. Um, I didn't, you know, I was um, I was nervous going in. I'm a little bit more pessimistic than most fans, just because I like to be pleasantly surprised um, rather than come in. But it was we didn't play. We we did not play. I expected if we were going to lose, it was going to be close. I didn't expect that. So um, it was, it was a beat down. It was tough. 
it was tough to see that be Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne's yeah. last game as a Tiger. That one, that one kind of stung a little bit for sure. The thing that floored me was if you look throughout the year with Ohio State and every opponent they played had COVID. So they played six games and that was kind of crazy. But, you know, Justin Fields had a couple really bad games. And there was some question even going to that Clemson game if he would be productive, let alone. And he comes out, and, you know, he gets hurt in the second quarter and he throws six touchdowns. And everyone was excited, but they're like, man, where was this Justin Fields all year? Yeah, um, yeah so it was nuts. Um, I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, Travis. Uh, you're running back. Is he going to be a good pro? We need a, we need a running back. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. oh yeah, Tra- Travis Etienne is going to be a beast. So okay. I, actually okay. saw a mo- I actually saw a mock draft yesterday that had him going to the Steelers. So oh, first round. Yeah, first round. Yeah, we're, well, we're trying to figure out in the first round do we go running back, or we're trying to figure out Big Ben's going to be healthy enough to play another year if he's yeah. not going to retire and everything. It's it's weird. The Steelers have one of the better records in the NFL, and they have so many questions right now. It's yeah. <laughs> very troubling. And being here in Ohio, we're facing a lot of uh, Browns questions. So it's yeah, you think you have it hard with the Clemson, but it, it's been tough for us here. So it'll be interesting. Well, well, Trey, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people connect with you on Twitter if they want? follow what's happening yeah they can follow me at trey rider underscore acl so t-r-e-y-r-y-d-e-r yeah you can follow me on twitter um i love twitter follow me on instagram too but i don't post as much on instagram but um and then uh and then you can follow the acl on on all our channels as well facebook instagram twitter tiktok any anywhere you name the social media the acl's got a presence there and when's the next time we can see you on TV? Uh, when's the next ESPN coverage? So our first pro event is going to be February 5th through the 7th. That'll be in Winter Haven, Florida, just outside of Tampa. Um, okay. And we'll have a uh, uh, an ESPN uh, broadcast for that weekend, as well as stream on our ACL digital network, which is watch.iplayacl.com. Yeah, it's paid. It's not that expensive. And you guys get a ton of cornhole coverage, right? If you, uh, yeah, absolutely. Subscription. Absolutely. We have, we have some, we have some free content. We have some um, premium content for paid subscribers and it's only $5 a month for the premium subscribers. So it's, it's, cool. It's, cool. it's a great site. Yeah. Lots of learning and everything else. Well, Trey, stick around just for a couple seconds afterwards. I need to ask you something, but thank you every Trey for coming on and everybody keep us tuned in on the Ohio. And we come at you every day, Monday for Friday. Have a great day, everybody.